0: Welcome to Oh My Pot. I am Matt. Ikbin Omar. (laughs) No. (laughs) On this weekly podcast,
1: sisters, we sip wine, we spill tea with industry leaders who are making a great big impact on this teeny
0: tiny planet. (laughs) On today's episode, it's just us. Just little old me and Omar. We're gonna be chatting about growing up in a religious family, how it's affected us, um, kind of our journey through that. And um, yeah, we're just chit-chatting.
1: We're gonna be also diving into like how organized religion kind of affected us, where our parents came from, um, and how the places that we lived really shaped our coming out stories, and how it like kind of influences us day to day now. So sit back. Sip your wine. Oh, sip it good. Mm. And uh, enjoy. Okay, queens, listen up. This is gonna be somewhat of a more serious episode of our show. Yeah, I'd say that. But also, just we're
0: gonna keep it light-hearted because that's what we're all about, you know? Like, just cuteness. Yeah, it's gonna be different because we don't have anyone else here with us. It's just me and Omar chit-chatting away. Chit-chatting away because we asked you We asked you. You, the people. The people.
1: What you wanted to hear from this episode. And you chose
0: this topic. Which is um, growing up in a religious family.
1: Yeah, growing up in a religious um, household surrounded by, I guess, I mean... Religion. Religion. (laughs) Religion and shit. The God stuff. Um, I personally... uh, consider myself not an atheist now, um, more like agnostic. I'm more spiritual than I am religious. I hold beliefs in, um, the universe and like energy and, um, just being kind and
0: not being a fucking dick basically. Um, I think I'm the same way. I believe that if you're a good human, then things are going to be great for you. <laughs> and yeah. if you're not a good human, then probably things aren't going to turn out well. Mm. It's pretty simple in my book, that good is good, bad is bad. <laughs> I feel like when I came out to my mum, okay, my like, whole coming
1: out story is like on YouTube, Matt and Omar, like, go and watch them if you want to know more. If you want to know the details, the nitty gritty. E- yeah, about like, the coming out process in
0: terms of family, etc. In terms of our actual coming out to like, yeah. family members and friends and how that affected us. This is more about like just growing up. In a religious household, yeah, how it affected. Okay, us. well then, let me get to my point that I was just about to make, like bank right bank. at the end. Okay,
1: um, so when I, I when did you first know you were gay? Like, when did you first know that you were a homosexual man? From
0: the moment I exited the womb, I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, Oh my God. <laughs> Actually, when you were like really, really young. No, 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 no. I mean, I had feelings towards it because you had you know? girlfriends. I had girlfriends, yeah, but that was like more of societal, more like societal like influences on me that was causing me to want a girlfriend, and it was more of like a BFF sort of situation. Like mm. I never like did anything with girls yes, or like queens. kissed the girl. I could barely like hold their hands. I was like, no, no, no. This is just more of like a mutual understanding that I am definitely gay, and this is definitely just like a societal thing that's happening yeah and then i kind of realized that yes this is probably what's up at like fourteen, fifteen. kind of that's when i was like okay there's something there but i didn't accept it until like 18 and it's like an onwards acceptance through university yeah
1: i think this is where our stories differ yeah. quite drastically because i'm from a city and you are from the countryside like the, the sticks. The sticks. The sticks, yes. if you will. I imagine um, rolling ba- bales of hay. Oh, tumbleweed. <laughs> tumbleweed. tumbleweed. <laughs> a bale of hay rolling around. The I sp- wish I grew up, up in a desert. Babe. I um, oh, is that not the same thing? It's not like, the same thing as a farm? <laughs> um, I mean, I grew up in this city, and so... Let's do intro. So intro. Hi, intro. Your your, your background in so religion. So, and... I... Yeah. Um... But my name is Omar. Um Both of my parents are from Pakistan. They immigrated? Migrated? Immigrated. Yes. Immigrated yes. to the UK. I say UK, but they moved to Ireland first. That's where they had my oldest brother, and then they moved to the UK. Um, so, yeah, to ugh, the British Isles, whatever. Yeah. Um, when my mum was, like, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, great, great love for my mum. My dad... Is f- not so much. <laughs> ain't, he ain't... He ain't got... I ain't got time for that. <laughs> um, which, I mean, I'm not... I'm, like, into getting into that. I'm, like, into getting get into it, it, like, today. Um, so, she grew up in Pakistan, moved to the UK when she was 16. Mm-hmm. So, she had all of her ideologies from that time. She moved to the UK surrounded by, like, family and, like, extended family. So, we grew up in, like, this community of Muslim people who... Um, all got arranged marriaged and um, that was just like the life that
0: she expected and so she moved when she moved to the UK once she got married to your dad yeah they got married and in Pakistan the and then they just yeah. moved yeah okay that's because it's
1: normal and then she had my right. brother when she was 17 right which at the time which in the like, UK in Ireland uh, and, then uh, she, and then she moved to Wales <laughs> and then had my old my other brother Wales. and then had me so yeah technically yes technically yes I'm Welsh <laughs> But do I say I'm Welsh? No. He also had a Scottish accent, apparently, because so, I moved to Scotland. Okay, yeah, then I moved to Scotland. Okay, like, this is, like, I have attention. So then I moved to Scotland, yeah, okay. So I feel like when I was... I, like, knew I was gay from a very, very, very young age. I mean, no, I always knew it was bit different, different. Different from a very, very, very young age. I remember being in school on the playground. This is, like, my main, like, the original idea of like difference and sexuality and even gender expression uh-huh. came from the playground, which um, uh-huh. is so common. Um, and so for me not seeing representation or like not knowing anything different than boys play with boys, girls play with boys, boys have boys things, girls have girls things.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I thought in my mind, I remember being like six or seven years old and I was like, oh, 100%, I am a female trapped inside of a boy's body 100 percent. that is the case oh is this actually a thing yeah um and so i i remember telling people about it i remember like i remember my mum used to tell me as well she used to be like if you see a shooting star you make a wish that wish will come true and then i remember like when i was really 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 young and there was going to be, like, a shooting star. Like, oh, it was, like, on the news. It was, like, a thing. And I was, like, oh. I know what I'm going to wish for. I'm going to wish that I was actually a girl. What? Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, at that age, I was... Because I had no idea about... That there were other options. That there were other options for me. Or, like... Because like, You so can confused. be a male or but a female. How simple, though. Because when I was a child, mm. I was, like... I like girls... Typically, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. girls things. Mm-hmm. Pink was my favorite color. Like, mm-hmm. I watched, like, only, like... Sailor Moon and like when I watched Pokemon, I would like. I mean, I identified as Jigglypuff. Like I identified as Jiggly fucking I love because, that you didn't identify as a trainer. Yeah, she was like as one of the no, I identified as like the big <laughs> pink fluffy sleepy clown thing. I identified as Ditto. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even know which one that is. The jelly one. And oh, of course. <laughs> and so when I grew up and like I was just like. Gaining maturity in age I came out to my first friend At 11 years old Mm -hmm. Friend? Um Wasn't you coming out as gay then? Yeah Yeah. So like Then I went to like Yeah Went to like high school And um Yeah Primary school Like my primary school years Were like They were fine I feel like A lot of people Who are gay May say that they're high school experience was like pretty like crappy mine was pretty fine i like was very very loud was very visible as soon as i came out to my first like group of friends and i was accepted pretty um quickly in mm-hmm. with like my community of people in this school albeit i was the only gay person in my entire right. school during my five years of being in high school right But because I was from the city and because, like, everyone was just, like, used to, like, kind of different people and diversity... Mm -hmm. um,
0: Manchester is pretty big in terms of, like, city size in London, in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Manchester's the third largest city. Right, so there's lots of diversity, there's lots of, like, things, there's lots of experiences to be
1: had. And so... Yeah, I mean, I came out and then I was just, like, a massive, massive... (laughs) Raging homosexual. A raging homosexual. (laughs) And I... I was, and I was, like, so unapologetic about it. I was, like, I I wore, like, blue clipping hair extensions to school. I used to wear, like, um... I used to just wear, like, colourful scarves every single day. I used to, like... Because I, like, had to wear this stupid, ugly, navy, fucking blue, pre-Snell High School, if anyone from that school is listening, stupid, garbage, trash uniforms I had to wear. Um, and I was, like... They weren't, what? like, cute, like, schoolgirl uniforms? No, no, no. Like, cute, No, no, no. Cute and then what I had to do <laughs> was I had to... I mean, we had to, like, wear these stupid fucking uniforms. And I was, like, I'm going to wear scarves and I'm going to make sure that they are, like, different every single day so I can express, like a piece of individuality because Mm -hmm. from that young age I was like I do not want to be like a cookie cutter person in this school and I just knew from a young age that I just wanted to be myself and express myself in the way that I wanted to and so when it even came to like prom I wore high heels to prom I wore makeup and it was unheard of but guess what everyone from my year group like everyone was so cool with it because I gave them... I mean, I was, like, out and proud for a long time.
0: Right, so here's the question. So you went to mosque school. Oh, yeah. Whatever what about that this. is called. But how, when um, was that? And how did you, like, change clothes? <coughs> did you, like... Did you, like... Were you two different people from mosque school to regular school? Oh, my God, 100%. I completely didn't even realize about this, like... Yeah, I wanted to bring was, in religion to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: I would probably say that was, like, kind of a double life until I came out to my parents, until I came out to my family, which was... At 15. Mm -hmm. So I was going to Islamic school. So I would go to school every single day. Every single fucking day. Every single day of the week. And then, like, after school, I would go to Islamic school, to the mosque, and, like, learn about the Quran, learn about the teachings of Prophet Muhammad, and learn about, like, the stories of Islam and all the other prophets. And I would... I excelled, like... Because I was such a fucking nerd (laughs) at heart. Um, I... Up until maybe... I'm going to say, like... Actually, probably, like, the age of 12. Wow. As soon as I came up to, like, my friends in high school, that's when I, like, kind of fell off the um, Islam... Mm-hmm. train. Train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was, like... And then I was, like, going going to mosque, and then I kind of, like, tried my hardest to, like, dip out of it by lying about homework or lying about, like... I don't know, fucking study groups and shit. How your mom
0: and dad take that?
1: What? Um... Not like terribly because it Did, was. They like, noticed like, that you weren't going. Like, no, 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 they knew because like no. no one was. Like my older brothers weren't either because mm. my older brothers were like starting like their exams and so like I think we just all kind of just like fell off of it. Uh-huh. And then when my little brother was like old enough to go to mosque, mm-hmm. I mean he was like, well my mom just wanted to get him like into the religion and right. into like learning about the I don't know the Quran. I don't know just reading the Quran. Which is really strange because you read the Qur'an you learn Arabic, you learn the, no, you learn how to speak Arabic, but you don't understand what it means, mm.
0: you so... You just know how to recite the Qur'an. You just
1: know how to recite the Qur'an, yeah. Mm. So, like, they, I mean, they say, like, if you can, re- if you recite the Qur'an, like, once in your mm. life, then, you know, it's like... A, you, the golden a, key. Yes, one of the golden keys huh. to one-off, the golden keys to, like, heaven. <laughs> so I've done that, I've done that. Oh, so you're good. I'm good so to you're go. Like good to go. I'm cool. good to go, queens. Cool, cool. i you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyway, so then my little brother was started going and then my mum asked me to go with him. Mm. And I went a few times and this was probably like age 14 and I was like, I was like, Rated. I was like fierce as fuck. Okay. And I was just in the mosque and I, I like, I didn't belong. And the people who, like the teachers at the mosque were the same teachers that I had. Mm. And they had seen this obviously instant change, like within like a three year period mm-hmm. where... I didn't fit in anymore so I like I was just like I'm not going there anymore and because then when after I came out I remember like it would be like Friday prayer time and then I would be like I'm not going to the mosque to pray because I don't believe in this Mm. and then my I remember my dad one of the one of like the hugest arguments I've had with my dad and he was like you will go to the mosque and I was like Mm. I want to see you try and make me Mm -hmm. and then he tried to make me like by force and locked myself in the bathroom love that And then guess what? They missed the prayer. (laughs) Sad. Um, I know, but say lovey. I feel like sometimes you just have to like, when you know who you are and when you like know where your
0: values are, you just have to really fight for it. Yeah. So like, how did you? It can be really hard because mine's very my my story with religion is very different from Omar's, like very like opposite end of the spectrum. So I grew up in a Lutheran Christian household which basically means it's the boring version of Catholicism. So if you're Catholic you have all the gold, you all you have the nice churches, you have all the like fancy shit. And with lutheranism they took all that away so it's just like boring steeple like hymns like people chanting fucking the- oh is that just like you're supposed to just like love god and that's it you just love god and that's it and then you're just like sitting in pews so you go to church every sunday and you stand in a pew and then you have a hymn book and then you stand up whenever you sing and you sit down and the preacher says something you stand up and sing another hymn they sit down and he says something else and it's pretty boring so i grew up in that um and i grew up in a town of like 600 people so very different from manchester where i don't i didn't grow up with like as many people to like learn from i didn't grow up with like diversity around me i didn't meet anyone of a different color or religion until i was like 16 i started working in That's, a town 30 minutes away because yeah. the only things were like 30 minutes away in the next town over because i grew up in such a small community so I, I grew up in that, like, kind of Lutheran mentality, and I didn't know anything else. So I kept going to church. I was really good at going to church. I was really, really good. Um, <laughs> I was a really good church-going boy. Yeah, here's your gold story. <laughs> Until, like, mm, like, 16 or so. Until, like, 16, I was, like, actually super conservative. I was super into church. Like, I would watch Fox News every day after school so I would go to school and then I would come back home and watch Fox News because you get stuck in a habit the same as your parents I didn't like, have anything else yeah, yeah. so I would always do that and so that kind of like brainwashing was a continuous not like well yeah brainwashing I don't know sounds manipulative, manipulative but it kind of was and I would just get caught in a habit so that was kind of my life for until the first 16 years Even though I kind of knew I was gay and knew I was different I was always blocking that out Because it was always telling It was always to, like told to me From the preacher It was told to me by like, the Fox News correspondent It was told to me by like my parents That you couldn't be gay You couldn't do this um, Because religion was a big part of my parents' lives And still is Still really big for them And So I was also going to Kind of the same school that you were going to, like extra school, uh, but only on weekends I was going there, like,
1: like, what is it with religious parents thinking that these kids can handle this much fucking school time? Absolutely yeah. fucking not. It's a lot. It's so much. It's a lot, actually. Like, Alright, going to school, starting the school day, like, I mean, what, getting up in the fucking morning, first of all, that's effort in itself, yeah. and then getting up and going to school for, like, eight 45 for mm. registration mm-hmm. fuck that and then going from that <laughs> 8 45 so like school time would start at like nine and then nine
0: that is so late in the u.s it's like
1: eight no no so like registration would be eight forty-five, and then oh. the first period would start at nine and oh. then it, it would go on until 3 15 mm. very specific mm. Three fifteen, and then my other school would start at 4:30 to 6:30 and that was so far away cuz my mum would really like this one like religious man what do you? Uh, how do i say it in like an english term the, the
0: religious leader like the preacher the, pri- the priest the uh, but like not the imam the, the, mom? the imam yeah, yeah. the imam uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah oh my god good things. for you i didn't no? oh my god i was thinking about the like the actual like look who's getting to heaven now <laughs> Um, Well, mine was different. Mine was on the weekend, so mine wasn't as intense as that. Like, I think that's very intense to ask a child to go for two hours extra school after your school day and then do your homework. And probably, did you have homework for Mosque or no? Or did you just... Oh, I did have homework for Mosque. I had to, like, write... That's crazy. I had to, like, write... We, like, learned stories and then I had to, like, go home and, like,
1: write the story that we just learned
0: and, like... But then you also have to have your friends. Then you have to, like, eat food. <laughs> you have to have, like, your daily, I know, like, schedule. I know. Like, I don't understand why religion put so and much And you pressure. have to, like, watch fucking Digimon. Like, yeah, you can't that's do all these important. things. Was Digimon was so important. I know. Uh, <laughs> and play Yu-Gi-Oh. I know. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever have Beyblade? Yeah. Boy. Yeah, so but good. I, I had to, like, like force my parents to get it because it was kind of, quote-unquote, dangerous because it was really the spiky. Yeah. Oh my, God, my little brother got like, do you know, when, like um, do you know when you like burn yourself, burn yeah. your finger yeah. and then you, it leaves
1: like a black yeah. line forever. It's really dangerous. My little brother has, still has a black we line. We had no regulations like, as a children. Black like yeah. thingy from my, my Beyblade. It's crazy.
0: It was my fault. But they were so fun. They would like go and then you yeah. find them. Ah, it was so Here's sick. Here's a question. So your parents growing up, what would you like get as toys? I would get like regular yeah. toys, but there would be like kind of lines I don't there weren't really lines drawn. I wouldn't be able to like go to like PG thirteen movies or like R movies. I wouldn't be able to watch those oh, at home. My so I couldn't watch any horror movies, for example. Oh, okay. I couldn't watch anything that was like too out of the norm like if there was like a gay person on television for example like if you like i would watch tv with my parents every night because i was a fucking mama's boy and i would always be there watching tv with them because i was i was also a nerd didn't have any friends so like that's also a, f- a factor so if a tv show came on that had like a person from the lgbtq community and they were like on tv my parents would be like oh like what is that they would like audibly speak their discontent at this mm. um and even one time there was like an instance with like my dad being mad about an interracial couple. So they still had these like very like old mentalities in their mind because they grew up in the 1950s. I wouldn't even like, say old, I'd just say racist. Racist, yeah, 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 100%. Um,
1: which is interesting because like my mum, I'm gonna, when I talk about like my family and my parents, I just say my mum because my dad's opinions are irrelevant. Like my mum was around diverse people. From the age of 16, having moved to the UK at that age. Um, So she... There was no, like, racism, really. Although, like, I mean, she was pissed off at white people quite a lot because white people just got shit that she just wasn't able to. And Mm -hmm. I feel like she saw racism from them. Mm -hmm. But she was always just a welcoming human being. And she, like, would, like, take English lessons with... This lady, remember? She was, like, taking English lessons with this lady who used to have this really, really lovely, like... She had a daughter, and she had, like, a Bratz collection. Oh, my God, what was it? It was, like, a Bratz collection thingy. Like a dollhouse? Yeah, it was, like, a dollhouse. I can't remember if it was, was, like, Bratz or, like, Barbies. I don't know what it was. One of them. But I used to play with them. And, like, my mum was always so chill about, like, buying me, like quote unquote girls toys so Mm -hmm. I used to have Barbies until I was like of a certain age Mm -hmm. and then I reached a certain age and they were like you should only play with boys Mm -hmm. toys or like you'll get do you know when you reach the age where they're like you're gonna have clothes for your birthday now, woo! Mm, and I the was worst like.
0: stage. No!
1: Because
0: they're all bad clothes, too.
1: No way, what about spinny it. fairy thing. But... <laughs> Do you know what's, what's the spinny fairy thing? Called? Yeah, I love the thing. Those are so good. It was like a Beyblade thingy, but like she like, sat in a house, in a yeah. little castle, and then you pull the little thing, and then yeah. she would like twirl away.
0: Into... Like, it knocks your eye out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really <laughs> fucking
1: hurt. Um, And so, where was I going with that? Well, yes, no, my mum was right, accepting about me playing with toys that I quote-unquote shouldn't have been playing with, but in terms of gay people, my mum watched only Bollywood shows, only watched, like, um, Star TV or, like, ZTV, and people know, people know, okay? People are going to know what this is, and... And, like, I mean, sometimes I used to watch these, like, crappy, crappy shows with her. But I remember once my brother even told her. He was like, stop watching this trash TV. It's like, like, Bollywood soaps are, like... It just perpetuates, like, sexism and, like, the macho man. And mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. And so this was kind of the mentality that my mom was living in. She just didn't see, like, inclusion in terms of uh, gender and... Uh, sexuality ever on TV so she didn't really know about it. It was really, really taboo to her. So when I came out to her, I remember her saying to me like, because I was really, I was quite effeminate and I don't like say that I'm not now. I was just like, Mm -hmm. maybe a bit more so because I wanted to be like, because I was just coming into into my own and I was so loud and proud. Mm -hmm. And she was like, why can't you be more like my little brother's school? Mm -hmm. At the time, there was a gay teacher. And, like, people, like, found... People, like, knew about him. And he was, like, really cool because he was, like, masculine. Mm -hmm. And she was like, why can't you be like him? And I was like, because, mom! Because I like glitter and I like fucking fairies, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Because I like glitter fairies and fucking rainbows. And I like blue clipping hair extensions. I'm Duh. gonna wear my fucking blue clip and hair extensions. Um,
0: so, I mean. Ugh. Because the representation wasn't there. Because if she knew anything about gay people, then it would just be of like gay men who are masculine. Of course. Because so she, there would be nothing else that she could like see. And that's like not spectrum. her fault. Because right. this is the, it's fault, the of, fault. It's the fault of
1: the media. It's the fault that. I mean, the fact that media didn't start representing. Because I have not seen until. Tan France came onto Eye, I had not seen a gay, Pakistani, British person. I oh, know those are very specific. Actually, they're not even very specific things because, like, we exist, we're out there, we're in the UK, right. we're in the, uh, the States, we're in yes. Canada, we're everywhere. And I never saw representation, I never saw someone that looked like me. I never saw someone that looked like me. A proud gay brown on, man. A proud gay brown man on. On anything, in the media, anything, until, like, yeah, two years ago when Mm -hmm. Time France came on to Queer Eye. So, and that in itself has opened up a huge conversation with uh, conservative families. Like, my mum, yeah, she's, like, chill. She's, like, a chill mum now because she's had time to be. Um, But, like, we have open conversations about Queer Eye now, Mm -hmm. which is... Like, at the time, like, ten years ago, if you told me that my mum would be watching a show with five gay men doing Mm -hmm. a makeover... I
0: would have fucking
1: slapped you.
0: Well, if you think about it, your mom's also grown up in the UK. Like, she came over when she was 16, what like you said? Yeah. So she was still, like, forming her own opinions. She's forming her mindsets. Not and so then... much, because when she, she was around all of her, like,
1: people. Okay. So, like, she was living in a really close society, and it wasn't until I came out and then I pushed her kind of out of it. Right. Like, I, like, physically ejected her from right. this comfortable little bubble that she was living in, and... And also my older brothers too, because I feel like they were kind of just like on this like path that had like been laid out for them mm. by my mum, and mm. I came along with my fucking opinions and loud mouth, and I was like, we're all gonna live differently, okay? Like I'm gonna live my way, and then my older brothers were like, hey, listen, I'm gonna live my way too, which is
0: really fucking cool, actually, mm.
1: that I did that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because then as soon as as soon as you open someone's eyes up to, like. A family member or a friend or like someone they actually love, and that maybe they're different in some way, then their perspectives are automatically kind of expanded. I yeah. think I just said that, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're expanded, and then that expansion—it's kind of like a snowball. As soon takes, as you see something, and it takes you have time. to see it everywhere. Yeah,
1: I feel like I feel like people may look at, say, me and be like, "Wow, his parents must be so proud of him," or like right. he's so open and so. Um, I don't know just like he has a relationship and he lives with his partner and whatever I get messages from people from like the Middle East and from like just different parts of the world where they're living in a conservative area or their parents are really really conservative even if they're living in the States or the UK and it's still really difficult like I'm just blessed that I was born in the UK in Manchester, mm. in a big city where I was surrounded by diverse people who accepted me straight away, I was never. I was. I mean, I was bullied as much as anyone can be bullied, but I definitely one hundred percent fucking bullied those motherfuckers back. And um, because those people, those core group of people who accepted me, I accepted myself pretty quickly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's different for someone like you. Who well, that's why I think a-
0: representation is so important in like the media. Yeah, because that's all I had. So if I had seen someone on television, or Netflix, or whatever. Um, now that we have, like, the internet, I think it's much different. For you, it was, like, YouTube, wasn't it? Right, it was YouTube. That was, like, well, yeah, like, 2000s, whatever, whenever that started. Whenever YouTube started. 2003. Yeah. I don't know, so, I just made that up. R- sure, around there. Like, I found my, like, confidence and my awareness of sexuality through YouTube, YouTubers, like, that were doing just, like, vlogs of their daily life, like, two, two husbands, like, just going about their life. Um, and that's kind of how I found my confidence. So I think now with like the, the internet and social media and everything, I think um, it's a lot easier to see yourself elsewhere where you can't see it in your physical surroundings. So I think that's why just like us sharing our lives on Instagram is so important because that just like visibility is um, kind of can like make or break, make or break. Like someone who's like growing up in small town, Pakistan yeah, or yeah, yeah Alabama. Totally. Oh, 100% because
1: like, If you can look at someone's life, not with jealousy, but with Mm -hmm. like hope Mm. and be like, oh wait, this person is happy. This person is living their authentic life and they look like me Mm -hmm. and they feel the same way that I feel and that makes it so much easier for them to be like, I can do it too!
0: It's like recognition. Yeah. And I also want to make another point that we're not... I don't necessarily necessarily want to demonize religion as a whole because I know there are a lot of people of faith in the community, in the LGBT community. I know there are people who find their journey through religion. I just think organized religion as a whole should... Because as Omar said, we're both kind of more spiritual now. We're both more into kind of like the universal side of things. As a whole, organized religion should open their doors, learn from their own scriptures in their own holy books that it's not it's not a, a sin to be homosexual it's not a sin to like be different it's it should be accepted it should be loved it should be um you know coming from like the the christian background the lutheran background jesus said to. To feed the poor, to... Clothe. Love thy
1: motherfucking neighbor, Love right? It. Yeah, right.
0: And that, made everyone, that means everyone. Yeah. And I think the more organized religion and organized churches and mosques and whatever like lean into that and lean into that more loving, kind of that loving uh, mm-hmm. mantra, yeah. I think it's better for the whole. And yeah. I think organized religion does have a place in society. It just needs to be more open. Yeah,
1: I agree. I feel like also, I mean, there are religions and... Um, uh, spiritual practices that like embrace mm-hmm. all people. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just sad when you see these like uh, extremist Muslims yeah. or like extreme Christians. Christians
0: or extreme anything. Extreme anything.
1: Just the extremes. It's just like sh- sit down, please.
0: Because we have the Westboro Baptist Church, and they're like. The people who hold up the God hates f- fags signs and, and like pride oh, parades and there Oh, are
1: like stuff? a specific group They're a church. of people? I thought
0: they were just like random fucking no, no, no. white bastards. They're a church. Ugh! They're a Baptist church.
1: Ugh! Okay, I will say, I, don't, I feel like all I do in this podcast is like exclaim and like make like weird sounds with like my phlegm. Anyway, I will say this. In today's Okay, no, not today's world. Okay. Just day to day, the homophobia that I get isn't from white people, isn't from like Christians or any other religion apart from Muslims. Hmm. Muslim men in particular seem to find me on Instagram, tell me to die all the time because my name is Omar Ahmed. And they find me or like somehow, I don't know, it's just come I don't know, they just find me on the internet. I don't know. It's just okay. Because my name's very common Muslim mm-hmm. Arabic name. Mm-hmm. And I will say also that's the reason I get stopped in the airport like every time I fly. But that's just that's just like another this is just for another that's for another day. I'm like rambling now because my But th- also
0: in the in like real life you are looked at by like older brown men who like see you and they're like, Oh, you have earrings. Yeah, oh, that's you true. are wearing high heels. it's oh. true. Oh, you're I like feel like, looking different than me. Yeah,
1: it's just like sometimes Muslim Men. Extremist men on the internet, reach out, reach out, not reach out, yeah, like reach out. fucking send me some f- garbage hate yeah. on a mm, mm, semi-regular basis. But like, I don't let that affect me because right. I'm just like, you mean absolutely nothing to me. Like crawl out of your mother's basement and say it to my face. I dare you, please. Yeah.
0: They're probably living in, in back in Pakistan or, like, wherever, and they're coming at you from their, like, immediate surroundings, which is still pretty, you know, conservative, pretty, yeah, yeah. like, we're in Toronto. Yeah. Like, I asked completely to change, different. I get
1: messages from people asking me to change my name all the time. Actually, a girl messaged me, and she was like, my brother's name is Omar. You, she was like, you are disgusting, you don't deserve this name, you should change your name.
0: Mm. Um, and I just, I mean, like, to me do you get much hate no see that's what's different I don't get that much hate in terms of like people speaking out against my gayness because I think where where white people are it's generally more liberal it's more and and as a whole it's Mm. more on the side of liberalness it's on the side of like progressive not always but like as a whole but like if you look at where where you're from like, like Pakistan and like that sort of area it's still pretty conservative yeah and I feel like if someone was to type my name, Omar
1: Ahmed... Right. If they were looking for, like, a friend or something, and right. then they found me, and they'd be like, who is this? Right. It's completely different. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to wear my high heels, I'm going to put, like, fucking makeup on, and I'm going to fucking strut down the
0: street. I think that is the... the uh, um, the What do you call it? A motto, a lesson. The, a lesson the, of this podcast. Oh, wait. Oh, the moral of the, the moral, story. The moral the, of the story ooh, of the man Omar. Oh,
1: like the um the ooh, the plot line the p- plot line the no. ooh, the oh, <laughs> the climax the cl-
0: ooh okay the climax <laughs> the climax
1: to the story is truly be yourself like it's so difficult it's it's easier said than done especially if you are a um gay man or woman person in um a middle eastern country for example if you are in um anywhere that isn't Um, where it's not, for example, legal to be who you are. Where it's criminalised to be Where it's criminalised to be a homosexual. Um, Fuck, I literally can't even, it's just fucked. It's most of the world, though. I know. Which is crazy. I actually have someone speaking to me on Instagram at the moment Mm. who is from Oman. Mm. And he, I mean, he told me it was punishable by, punishable for seven years in prison. Mm Mm-hmm
0: seven years in prison
1: and he like has a really like isolated life and my like only piece of advice I'm like not even in a position to give advice because like in terms of like my life I've had it good like I Mm -hmm. have had it good yes I've had to work for and fight for so many of the rights and the privileges that I like now have um but some people really really don't and it's just like about being safe and knowing where like knowing how to be safe in the area that you're in and trying to find a way out of that situation in the best possible way because people immigrate people can migrate people can go to
0: places or if you find yourself safe enough in that area to be visible, because I think the only way that a lot of these conservative areas will change, if it, if oh, there is queen. visibility within their their community, so it it very much depends on where you are and how safe you are. But if you can stay in your home country, or if you want to stay in your home country, mm-hmm. your hometown, and be that authentic version of yourself, I think that is even more oh yeah one hundred it's so, so much more beneficial powerful. than like. T- they're transplanting yourself to like the UK or yeah. to Toronto where you're one in a million of people who are their authentic selves because we're in an accepting society for the most part yeah um yeah
1: Ugh. last question to you Matthew I want to ask you something for so okay how would you advise a young gay person going through school going through school going through school or even going through like the church or going through the mosque um, how do you advise them on how to get through it? How to like stay positive? How to be happy? M- maybe even enjoy the process. Um, from your like, your perspective, because my my perspective mm-hmm. is like it's completely different.
0: What a loaded question! Yeah, I know. I'm I sorry. love it. No, I love it. Go on. Um, <laughs> what is my advice to all these people? I would say, oh god, it really depends on your situation. Because for me, it was easier to. For me, it was easier to kind of write it out and just kind of lay it low until I got to university, which is a hard thing to say to people that you should write it out. But I found a lot of solace online. Like I found a community of people online who I could kind of speak to, who I could kind of watch and kind of like aspire to until I got out of there because I wanted to get out I wanted to get out of my town of 600 people I wanted to go to university I wanted to move countries I wanted to leave Um, but when I got to university it was kind of like that was my playground that was my arena to like kind of Uh, discover discover to like explore to like go to the LGBT center like you know kind of find people who are like me you had an lgbt center yeah yeah it was cute. cute it was really cute it was tiny but it was cute like there was no funding for it but it was there <laughs> there were a lot Didn't of rainbows we have an lgbtq center i don't think we
1: needed one
0: yeah see, so that's the that might be the difference because we needed something on university to like kind of on the university campus to kind of represent yeah um so, like, if that's the best option for you, then wait it out and just, like, know that it's going to get better. Because, really, you this this part of your life is so teeny, 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 tiny compared mm-hmm. to what's coming on. Like, I would say the past three years of my life, like, being out of North Carolina, being traveling the world, has been the most influential part of my life. Like, what, what, like, 22? 22, 22 years of my life were, like, kind of nothing compared to what just happened in the last three years. Mm-hmm. And my life has completely changed. So, I would say, like, don't stress it right now. Just do whatever feels right for you and then, you know, live your life as, as authentically as possible. Yeah. And if, if it feels right to keep going to church, keep going to church. If it feels right, you know, keep going to mosque, keep going to mosque. Like, like wherever you find solace in yourself, mm-hmm. go there. Whew. Just love yourself. Just love just yourself love and yourself. just love other people. Just mm-hmm.
1: like, don't be a dick. Don't. <laughs> That's, that's that's the one. That's it. Okay, like, here's the thing. Like, my oldest brother used to be super religious until I came out. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, kind of renounced his faith because he was like, how can I be a part of this religion, this, like, faith that I have been fed my entire life mm-hmm. if it doesn't accept my own flesh and blood for who he is? And me and my oldest brother were never close growing up Mm -hmm. and now we're so tight because Mm -hmm. he just expanded his mind and grew so much from me coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, Where was I going with this?
0: There's different different situations probably because you could come out and you could have that like sharing your authentic self and being confident but whereas for me it wasn't an option. I just think I think when you know what's right for you,
1: you know what's right for you. Yeah. You knew that was right for you. Yeah. And I knew the way that I went about things was the right thing for me to do because yeah. if I hadn't have, like, screamed and shouted and, like, and locked myself in rooms and, like, protested pretty much to my entire family mm-hmm. that this is the life that I wanted to live and I wouldn't do it their way anymore, mm-hmm. that I, then I wouldn't
0: have gotten change. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to fucking fight back. Right. Ah! You'll, know, you'll know when it's time. You'll know when it's time. You'll know what, what to do. Just trust yourself, trust the universe. And all will be, well, in the end. True that, sisters. hope you enjoyed our rambling. Because that was a ramble. I think it it was good. It
1: really was a ramble. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. (laughs) We've come to the
0: end and um, we must bid you all adieu. But feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. We have our handles in the description. And if you want to chat with us about this topic or whatever else, I think we're going to be doing these, like, solo conversations every two weeks weeks, every two weeks in between our like interviews um, just to kind of like touch on topics we don't normally get to talk about
1: yeah okay well thank you so much for listening
0: thank you bye bye thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast you can find all relevant social links down in the description and make sure to follow us both on insta at mr benfield and at omartakespics and also find
1: us on youtube at matt and omar If you feel so inclined, leave us a little review on whatever you're listening to the show on, because that would be cute. And we'll see you back here next Monday. Bye. Bye.